hear the testimony from one of our members here, Deanna. Check out this video. God, as I was growing up, was this historical figure. Um, I didn't know too much about him. I just knew that we prayed to him when we were in trouble. And that, that was the extent. It wasn't a day-to-day -day relationship. It was God being so distant from us, so far away from us, when that's not the truth at all. Getting into the Bible was always something in my early adulthood that I wanted to get into and start reading. And me being a perfectionist, it was really hard just to jump right in. I needed that plan. I needed to know, do I start at Genesis? Do I jump into Old Testament, New Testament? Where do I go? And so I bought a Bible and, and it was on the shelf for many years and untouched. All of a sudden, you know, I think God put me in the right direction, obviously, and brought me to Lake Point, and messages started making sense. You know, worship music started, I started understanding it. I started actually having feelings and, and the love for it and craving it more and more. And with that, that helped me line up to wanting to learn more about God and the message, and not just hearing His Word on Sundays, but hearing it every single day. Being plugged into God's Word, to me, means my devotions, my getting into the Word and understanding what He's trying to tell me for that day. I plug in with Him so I understand more about Him and more about what He wants from me. Since developing some quiet time with the Lord, now I understand so much more. My eyes are so open to the message that He delivers me, the armor that He suits me up in to get ready for the day. and. I just know that he is with me and he is ready and willing to help me battle anything that comes my way. And I shouldn't fear anything because he's there with me. I just hope that everyone is not intimidated and gives God the chance because he's there for you and he loves you and you can't just do it alone. You have a community of people that love you and that will walk you through it. And I can attest to that because I have a mentor that has walked me through it. All right. Good morning, Lay Point. How y'all doing today? Good, good. And it looks a little bit different today because I am sitting at a table, and I don't think I've ever done this before where I sat at a table. But I thought about this. I thought, you know, if you get to sit down, why can't I? I mean, come on. So, so you know, this is uh, one of those services and it's very special because I've got a, a lovely, uh, my lovely wife with me, Karen, and uh, we're so glad you're joining me up here. And um, we've been married, um, we just celebrated 20 years um, just last month and, uh, well, December. And uh, so we're just, uh, we just thought we'd tag team a little bit today and just kind of, uh, get practical, and I like to Pastor Tom mentioned about what it means to plug into a quiet time with God. But before we get into it, um, if you're visiting um, with us for the first time, I know this looks very different, and, uh, and this is uh, very different today, but, um, but we're just glad that you're here today. Thank you for coming and, um, and, and, and getting out on a cold morning, and, um, but we're, we're glad that you're here. As you came in, uh, you should have received a, a program, 
And inside this program, uh, there's a, a number of things in here. Um, there's a, 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 the most important thing is the connection card. And, um, and we actually take a minute and fill out that card and uh, let us know about your visit with us today. And as you leave, there's offering baskets throughout the building. You drop that card in the basket, or you can just give it to me or Karen after the service. And um, we have a free gift that we like to give you. Love to meet you real quickly after the service, if, if possible. And so, but thank you for being here. If you're watching online, uh, thank you for joining us. And you notice there's a number of stuff in there. The life group kicked off the past week, so it's not too late to jump into a life group. And um, some didn't get started because of the snowstorm, so yes, we have a chance to just jump in from the ground, ground up. But even if they've already started, it's not too late. And jump into a group and um, into a group throughout the week. Um, we've got um, a, a number of things in there. You know, uh, we've got baby shower for uh, Crossroad Ministry, which is a, a great ministry to help um, uh, uh, families you know, that want to make the right biblical decision when it comes to parenthood. And uh, we want to give them the tools and resources so we can be a blessing. If you're not sure what to bring, go back to the table. Um, and they have a list of things that you can bring. And uh, just uh, jump in and, and let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. And, um, and so um, anyway, uh, this past weekend, um, yesterday, in fact, we actually moved from the old food pantry to our new food pantry. Maybe you didn't aware of this, but we bought, um, we didn't bought, but we rented a new space uh, just one mile further north of where we were. And uh, we'll, play, we'll talk more about that next week and show some pictures, what God is doing, and uh, really get back into, you know, a full operation of food pantry and blessing people in our community. And so God is doing some incredible stuff here and uh, here at Lake Point. We're just so glad that you're here today. And uh, we're in this series, Plug In, talking about spiritual maturity, how to plug into spiritual maturity. You've got to be intentional. You know, a plug is not going to find its way into a socket by itself. You know, it's not going to plug in on its own. It's got to be intentionally plugged in. You've got to, you know, you've got to plug yourself in. And that's what this whole series is about. It's about plugging in into a relationship with God. And in different areas, we've been talking about plugging into biblical community, plugging in into, uh, 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 into your sweet spot, into finding your ministry. Uh, we talked last week about plugging into the next generation and uh, what that means to pave the way for the, peop- for the next generation, you know, so that we don't create that generational gap, so that we don't see the drifting, you know, in our future generation drifting away from God's word and how it's essential now that we are plugging into the next generation. And so today we're plugging into a quiet time, a devotion, how to have a devotion, with, you know, a devotional time with God. And, and it's, it's interesting you know, that the practicality of this, you know, you think you talk to people and, um, and we, we say all the time, we just think it's so, hey, you know, you gotta have a quiet time. And uh, for some of you understand what that means. But there are so many that we come to find out that they have no clue. You have no idea. And, 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 and we say it like it's so matter of fact, oh, everyone does a quiet time. And when we come to find out that so many people say, I wanna have a quiet time, I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by the idea of it. I don't know what to do. And I, I, I just don't know how to have a quiet time. And so we thought, you know, what if we could get a very practical message today to, to help all of us. And maybe you're, you're doing this. Maybe you're, you're in the quiet time. Maybe there's something, I, I pray you take something away from this. 
And, um, and you're going to find that there's not a one-size-fit-all approach. You know, in, in fact, you'll hear from Karen in a few minutes about what she does, and, and it's a little different than the way I do things. And, and that's okay. There's not a dogmatic, this must be done this way. You know, but I, we believe that God can meet you in a quiet time, and you've got to learn to feed yourself. So many, so many believers just don't know how to feed themselves. And because they don't know how to feed themselves, they, they don't grow into spiritual maturity. You've got to learn how to feed on the word of God. Jesus said this in John chapter 4, verse number 4. He, he says, uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying John. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Um, Jesus says, it is written, man cannot live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. We need to learn to feast or to live on the word of God. And just most Christians just don't know how to do it. In fact, most Christians depend on secondhand, uh, uh, secondhand sources in order to grow. They depend on, on the pastors or teachers. They depend on, on Bible studies, you know, being taught in a life group or a blog or a podcast. They depend on it. They, they, and, and, and not that these things are, those things are good. I'm, I'm glad you're here today, you know, but at the end of the day, I, I'm not speaking to you seven days a week, you know, and, and so you have to learn, you know, to, to, to read God's word and to feed on God's word every day throughout the week. And, and, and as a human being, one of the marks of maturity is, um, uh, and not just spiritual maturity, but just physical maturity, is uh, uh, you learn how to feed yourself, right? I mean, I have a 14-year-old son. We have a 14-year-old son. And it would be very awkward if you saw us in a restaurant still feeding him, you know, and uh, still cutting up his meat, you know, and, 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 uh, and do the choo-choo train with him, okay? Or here comes the choo-choo train. It would be very awkward for the 14-year-old. At some point, Nathan had to learn how to do it himself. You know, he had to learn how to, how, how to cut his own meat and, 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 and uh, put on a fork and to eat. And, and, and that is true to spiritual growth. You have to learn how to feed yourself. Paul, he would kind of get it on to Christians. Um, and, and, and I don't know if it's Paul, but the author of Hebrews, I think it's Paul, but the author of Hebrews um, would kind of get it on to Christians. And he says it in Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 12. He said, you have been believers for so long now that you ought to be teaching others. You ought to be helping others grow. But you have been so long as believers, you're not even doing that. He said, instead, you need, you still need someone to teach you the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and you cannot eat solid food. And that's where some of you are. Some of you, this is where you're at. And it's like, man, Scott, I, I just don't know how. And I want to, but I just uh, don't know how. And, uh, and we have so much people that are biblically illiterate. We've got, most of us have Bibles, numbers of Bibles in our house. And yet we don't know much about the Bible. They collect dust. Now, maybe you've got the family Bible, you write down who gets, you know, who dies, who gets married, and all that kind of stuff. And that's about it. 
but you don't really dig into it. There was a survey um, to a bunch of high schoolers, and uh, it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of sad about what they knew about the Bible. And, 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 and some of the thoughts that came back from the survey was that many of the high schoolers, they thought that Sodom and Gomorrah were a couple, right? And, uh, and, and what, if you know the Bible, there are two cities. But they thought they were a couple. They thought that Jesus was baptized by Moses. They thought that the Gospels were written by Matthew, Mark, Luther, and John. They thought the epistles, the epistles are the letters of the New Testament that Peter and Paul wrote and John wrote. The epistles, they thought that the epistles were the wives of the apostles. And so, and, 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 but that's to talk about the biblical illiteracy that so many people just don't know the word of God. And so we have to learn to feed ourselves on God's word. And unfortunately, so many people are on autopilot. They just, you know, we're just kind of going through the motion and, uh, and they just don't know how to feed themselves. Yeah, you know, going back to that verse in Hebrews that Scott just shared, it's hard to lead others well when you're not leading yourself well. And it's possible to go to church your whole life and even marry a pastor and start a church and still be a spiritual infant. I know this because I was one. And uh, I guess we can call this a confession of the pastor's wife today. So (laughs) um, I grew up in church. You know, I was at church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I accepted Jesus when I was a little girl into my heart. Um, and I quickly learned all the right things to do, all the churchy things to do, you know. Um, and I don't discount that at all. I totally believe that I needed that. You know, I would not be where I'm at today had I not been brought up in church. But it just got very easy to do for Jesus and not be with Jesus. And even after marrying Scott and going into ministry, we just got so busy in the doing that I stopped being, or I don't, maybe I didn't even know how to be with Jesus. And I knew what it meant to have a relationship with the Lord, but I don't know that I truly even knew what that looked like. Um, You know, I became a really good rule follower, and I think that I obeyed as, or I followed God as a duty and not as a delight or a desire of my own heart. I just knew that was something that was expected of me as a follower of Christ, like this is what I did. And, And I did it happily, but I, I, looking back, I know my motives were because it was what I was told to do. And, you know, you don't even realize what you're missing in your relationship until you get it, right? You know, um, I didn't know that I was a spiritual infant for so long until I grew up and I looked back and I realized what I had missed in my relationship with the Lord, just like a baby. A baby doesn't know they're a baby. When they're a baby, they can't comprehend that. But when they're an adult, they can look back over the phases and the stages of their life. They understand what infancy or immaturity is. And so I was a spiritual infant even when we moved here to Michigan and planted Lake Point Church. And then a few years into our church plant, um, just a few things happened in my life that, uh, sorry, um, that really caused me to question God. You know, am I able to share with people that God is good? Because right now he does not seem very good to me. And so I really had to wrestle through those thoughts and those feelings. And, and don't get me wrong, like I wasn't, I didn't um, stop believing in God. Like I knew without a doubt who God was um, and that he existed. But I, he just did not feel very good in those moments. And I'm sure we've probably all been through situations like that. And those situations um, 
Scott, you know, I would talk to Scott. He would lead me in some questions to really seek out with the Lord. And those hard times in my life led me to the Lord. It led me to search my Bible and and know who he was. I realized I did not really know the character of God. I knew God because I've been taught about God, because I've been told about God. I grew up in church my whole life, but I did not really know him. I didn't have an intimacy in my relationship with the Lord. And so when I started seeking through the Bible, started um, these questions that I was asking, uh, God just met me there. And he just started to reveal himself to me in a way that I had never seen him before. Um, And now my relationship with him is so intimate and close, but I will tell you that it has only become that way in the last six, seven years. Yeah, Karen, thank you for being transparent. And I know, you know, so many Christians, they fall in that trap. You know, you just kind of get through, just kind of go through the motions. And let's just be honest, we, we've all been there, even me. You know, we just kind of just go through the motions, you know, and we read the Bible just to get it checked off and, and, uh, and I get our Bible app badge, you know, and it's okay, you know, pat myself on the back. And, and yet at the same time, we, we can easily miss it, right? We can just easily miss it. And so today, my, here's my goals for today. I've got a couple of them. If, if you're not reading the Bible, my goal is for you to start reading and then meet God, you know, reading God's word. And if you are reading, I'm going to challenge you to go even further, you know, and, and to take it to another level. And it may not be every day, you know, that you go deeper and deeper, but what if once or twice a week, you say, you know what, I, I, I read my Bible 15, 20 minutes every day, you know, and, but, you know, one day a week, or maybe two days a week, on my day off, or on that Saturday morning before the kids get up, I, 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 I lock myself in the basement or in the bedroom, you know, and, and find a quiet time. And, 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 and be quiet. Take, leave the phone behind. Don't bring that in. You know, uh, if someone texts you, they can get a response after you're done. And uh, so we're so easily um, distracted, you know, and so find a, a quiet place. For me, I can find a quiet place anywhere. <laughs> I'm hearing impaired. I can just take them out, all right? I can turn them off, you know, you know. But still, I got to find a place that I don't have distraction where I can, uh, can dive in and, and, and really study the scriptures. John chapter 5, verse 39 Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. But the scriptures point to me. He said, you, you search, and you should search it. But at the end of the day, you should search it for the point of meeting with God, meeting with Jesus. Bible says in Psalm chapter 1, verse number 1, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the, in, the, in the company of mockers, but whose delight, not duty, but whose delight is in the law, of the law of the Lord, God's word, right? He said, and who meditates on his law, on his word, day and night. And so what we want to talk about what it means to study, to feed the word of God into your life. And, um, and so, you know, uh, as we come to your quiet time, just, you know, Ken, just some things that you bring, and I think it's very important. Um, 
that you bring a cup of coffee for me. You know, I think there's something spiritual about a cup of coffee and with the word of God, all right? You know, that, that, that uh, you know, you got your favorite mug. I got me my Star Wars cup here, you know? Hey, whatever works, okay? Um, and, and, and Karen, you got water, but sometimes you like to drink a cup of coffee, you know? And, uh, and, and so, but you like to just, hey, this is my time. And what are some things that you like to, what else do you like to bring to the table that helps you you know, uh, and have a, a devotion or a quiet time with God. Yeah, first I'll share what doesn't work for me, but might work for some of you. And where I got trapped many times was trying to read the Bible in a year. I would have one of those one-year devotional Bibles. And a lot of times it'd be a, um, like a reading in the Old Testament and reading in the New Testament. And I like to say that I'm a recovering perfectionist because I it's way too much work to be a perfectionist. So, um if I would miss a day or miss a few days, and then I would try to catch up, and there would be all this reading, and, and I was doing it out of a duty because I felt like it was something I needed to do. And so I knew I had to take that pressure off myself. So I am not one to read through the Bible in the year. Scott and my son Nathan, they do that. It's something they do together, and I love that they do that, but it's not for me. And so what I do, I'm more spirit-led. I go through different books of the Bible, and um, I like to have a devotional that I read along with it. So I really like Proverbs 31 Ministries, and they have a, a free app that's called the First Five app. And there'll be like a chapter or two for the reading, and then there'll be a devotional that'll go along with it to help me apply it to my life. And so I take all the pressure off of myself to have to have something done in a certain amount of time, because I know for me, if I can't achieve it, then I'll give up on it. And, um, and so that's what my quiet time looks like. I also have my Bible is a study Bible, so there's some notes that help break down what I'm reading. Um, more recently in the last year or so, I now use a commentary. And so this commentary is by, can you say it for me, Warren Wearsby. There you go. And um, he, he, he's a, a th theologian, I'm sorry, that this is his word, so not the word of God, but it, it's more information than what I have in the notes in my Bible to try to help explain what it is that I'm reading. And I don't do that every day. If there's a question, if I don't understand something that I'm reading, then I go to the commentary. Or now that I'm mentoring women and they have questions that I don't know, then we'll go to the commentary together and we'll, we'll search it up and we'll look for those answers um, just to help understand what it is I'm reading. But then sometimes moms, dads, we get busy. I like to do my quiet time in the morning, but if I miss it in the morning, then my day gets very busy. And so I always have a devotional that I like as well. And I don't do this every day. So it's just important that whatever you do, that you're seeking. God. You're inviting him into your day, whether it's through your quiet time in the word, hopefully, or if you have to just go with a devotional, or sometimes it might be the verse of the day because you overslept, but you need to um, have that moment that you're inviting him in and that you're putting your thoughts where they need to go. Right, and, and uh, Karen likes to do hers in, in the morning. She's a morning person, and uh, I'm not. I, I'm more of an afternoon, evening person, and so, you know, listen, we're not dogmatic. You know, I mean, Jesus said, no, he set an example by doing that early in the morning. And, um, and uh, but, you know, some of us, you know, your best frame of mind might be morning, afternoon, or mid-morning. And so, you know, find a time that works for you and just stick with it. You know, do the best you can. If you missed it, you know, do it. You know what, I, you know, something came up. Uh, I'm going to make sure it gets done and, and be intentional about uh, having that time. Yeah, and if you miss it, God still loves you. And I think right. for me, I always felt like I had to do all these things to earn his approval. And I know that's wrong, but we have to get that out of our mind, that it's okay, that just pick back up the next day. Right, right. And um, I've got 
things that I like to use. I, I have a devotional commentary. It's a real short uh, commentary for each, for each chapter of the Bible, and I love using this, and just kind of put it all together. And this is something that I've had for a long, long, long time. And, um, and I think this one I got a, uh, 1993 from my grandma. And so and it's been a very powerful little tool. Um, I got my study Bible. Every year, um, I like to do a different study Bible, you know, um, just life application study Bible. Um, I, I used the Jesus Bible last year, and, uh, and, and just kind of reading all the study notes, and um, it's just different stuff like that. So I'm not just trying to read it. I want to I I meditate on it. I want to study the scripture. I want to search it. And so, um, and, and again, this is what we do. This is what I do. And it may look very different for you, but here's what, here's what I like to talk about for the next few minutes. Three steps. And I think this, to, this is absolutely necessary for each and every one of us. Whether you're just reading it for 10, 15 minutes, or whether you're taking an, a time, uh, 45 minutes to an hour. You know, um, whether you're going through a reading plan, or whether you're just focusing on a few verbs. You know, you've got three essential steps that will really improve your quiet time. And I think that, you know, let's just be honest, some of these steps will be like, you know what, I know that to be true, but I don't do it. And we miss what, we miss meeting with God. You know, it just becomes, if, if we're not, it becomes a task list. It becomes something we just check off. Okay, I did my thing, and now I'm, 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 I move on. And, and it should be more than that. And so three steps, and I let Karen, uh, I let you take the first step. Yeah, so if you're taking notes, number one is to pray. And so in James 1.5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And so it is so important before you start your quiet time to pray. I mean, we know that, right? But we need to invite the Lord into our time. You know, that verse in James, it says, He will give you wisdom. If, if you have a hard time understanding what the Bible says, so for me, that was another trap of the enemy. I never thought that I could understand the Bible. But the enemy kept me in that trap for so many years because it was a lie that I believed. But when I started praying and asking God to reveal things to me, and then I would read the word, everything started to come alive. And the verses would just pop out at me. That's the way that God speaks to us. And so don't get caught in the trap that you can't understand the Bible. Um, God will give you wisdom if you ask for it. And then in Psalm 119.18, it says, Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. And another great verse to start your quiet, or prayer, I'm sorry, to start your quiet time with is, show me what you want me to learn today, Lord. Reveal to me what I need to know today to carry me through today. Not just so I can know or check this reading off my list today, but he knows what you're going to encounter during your day today. So lead me to that today, what I need to have in my arsenal, right, to be able to battle whatever it is that comes my way today. Now, so the first step as you get into a quiet time, is to pray. I ask God, say, God, show me. You know, show me something from your word. God, I want to meet you where you're at. And uh, that's step one. Step number two is the word meditation. Meditate. And, I, and I, listen, the word meditation is, is for, some, for a lot of us, <laughs> it's a scary word. You know, we, we think about meditation, we think we've got to be in some lotus position, right? And we've got to hum all day. You know, or maybe you think you got to climb, 
you know, atop of the mountain and, and, and think about the mysteries of the existence of life and, and ponder, you know, about these things. And, um, and, and that's not what meditation is. Here's what meditation means. It means serious thinking. It means to put serious thought to something. By the way, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. <laughs> think about it. Because when you worry, what are you doing? You're thinking about that negative thought, and you think it over and over and over and over again. And you worry. That's what meditation is. You know, so meditation on scripture, you know, when you're thinking over and over and over on the things of God, on the scripture, on the word of God, kind of like a rotisserie chicken. You know, just let it slowly cook. You know, you're meditating on a verse or a passage of scripture. And, and, and listen, not every verse will get equal meditation. I mean, come on. When we went through the genealogy, it's hard to meditate. I, I can't even pronounce the name, you know. But then there'll be some verses of, whoa, I need to, I need to pause. I need, I need to think about, man, there's something that's speaking to me. And so meditation is essential uh, to the Christian life. Second Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 7, it's to reflect, the apostle Paul says, reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of it. What to reflect, what to think it through, meditation. So there are different degrees of meditation. We're going to share some thoughts here. There may be some thoughts that we don't even say, but um, and we're not saying, hey, you got to do all of these things, but uh, do the practical stuff here to help you in a meditation in your quiet time. And um, I believe whether you're reading it for a few minutes or reading it for a long time, you know, to uh, have a longer time of quiet, there can be some element of meditation. Um, so here's some thoughts. If you're taking notes on um, meditation, the first one is visualize it. Visualize it. Sometimes when I'm reading a story in the Bible, I like to put myself in the sandals of the people that I'm reading about. I put myself in their shoes. I think about, you know, when Jesus was at the woman, you know, talking to the woman at the well. And I put myself in her shoes. You know, how, how, what, what, what am I thinking when Jesus approached me? You know, what are the questions I have when, you know, if I'm in the shoes of that person? I try to put myself in that element. Yeah, and our family um, has been watching The Chosen. I don't know if any of you have watched that series. And it's so cool now to go back and read when you're reading through the Gospels. And it's like it all comes alive a lot more because you can visually see it, right? And so just being able to picture that or put yourself in that position um, it helps it. Yeah, someone, someone visualized that story, you know. And, and again, may not be 100% um, you know, some of it that, that Hollywood creative, and, you know, it's not made in Hollywood, a Christian film, but that extra creative. But it's thought, huh, that's some interesting insight. But, and, and, uh, but I hear a lot of times from believers, and it's one of the things that's on my bucket list, and um, it's it to actually go to the Holy Land and, 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 and to walk the street where Jesus walked, to go to the, the valley where David, you know, fought against Goliath. And, and I've heard so many Christians that when they come back from the Holy Land, they say the Bible comes alive, you know, because they're able to visualize it even more. And so visualization is a powerful tool in meditation. Another tool is to say every word out loud. You know, so often if we're reading it silently, 
uh, we can speed read and, and miss the meat of God's word. So sometimes just say it out loud. You don't have to say it out loud for the whole house to hear, you know, but say it out loud and, uh, and, and focus. And especially if you have ADD, you know, because it's so easy to get distracted, you know. You could be reading into a passage and all of a sudden your mind starts to wander. And, and so saying out loud just kind of helps you to soak it in a little bit more. Maybe emphasize some of the key words that you're reading and really think about what you're reading. Yeah, and the next one is to rephrase the verse in your own words. So what, what does the verse mean to you? What are you getting out of that? You know, and write it down. Um, put it in your own words. And even like when you think about the different translations of the Bible, the message version is similar to that. You know, it's just um, more of a, a daily paraphrase. language paraphrase. So putting it into your own words, what you're getting out of what that passage is. And then the next one is to personalize it. So put your name into the verse or the passage that you're reading. So for instance, we all know John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have an eternal life. So if I put my name into that, personalize it for myself, for God so loved Karen that he gave his one and only son that if Karen believes in him, um, she will not perish but that Karen will have eternal life. And so it just makes it, takes it from just feeling like it's a book sometimes but puts yourself, you know, makes it personal to you. Good. Um, ask question. Ask question. Um, and, and it's important when you're reading, you know, as you're looking. And you may not ask all the questions, but I've got some questions. I've got actually nine questions that you could use. And, um, and I put it in an acrostic form. It's been used by many people called space patch. Space patch. I know that sounds weird. You're thinking, you know, uh, of a, a cat in an astronaut suit, you know, floating out in outer space, you know. Or you might be thinking about this picture behind me. Um, yeah, this is a weird-looking picture. And um, I, I'm not going to even be, I'm not going to even ask why this happened, but this happened. And, uh, and so, so, so many questions there. Um, but you know, space that. So let me give real quickly give you some of the questions, and maybe it can be helpful when you read God's word, uh, when you're spending time with Him. Ask some of the questions. Let her ask if you're taking note. Is there a sin to confess? As I'm reading this, I read about pride. You know, a verse and talks about pride. And say, God, is this? Do I have the sin of pride that I need to confess? Or do I have the sin of envy or the sin of jealousy or lust that I need to confess in these verses? Uh, letter P, is there a promise to claim? By the way, I'm, I don't ask all nine questions every time I read it, but you know, I, I pick three or four of these questions. And one of the questions I'm doing specifically this year is, is there a promise to claim? I'm highlighting um, in my Bible every promise. And there's over 7,000 promises to claim. So I'm going to be doing a lot of highlighting, you know, as I go through and, and, and claim the promises of God. It's just a promise that, you know, that I can take on, that I can claim in my life. It's a promise to claim. Letter A, it's an attitude to change. You know, as I read this and I, and, and I study the life of Samson or Elijah or, or, or whoever, and I say, man, is there something in my attitude that I need to address? Letter C, is there a command? To obey. Letter E, is there an example to follow? As a, again, as a study the characters, you know, in maybe the life of Daniel. You say, you know what, I need to follow his example. I need to mark some of his character traits as a study his life. Is there an example to follow? Letter P, I love this. Is there a prayer to pray? 
Is there a prayer to pray? If you ever wonder, you know, how can I learn to pray? Just learn the prayers of God's word and personalize those prayers. You know, through the book of Psalms, the prayers all through the book. You know, the Psalm is one big book of prayer. You know, in almost every letter that the Apostle Paul wrote, he had a prayer. And, and what if you, as you come across this prayer, and say, you know what, I need that prayer, I, I, I can relate to that prayer, and I need to pray that prayer to God. And, and, uh, and I'm not saying, you know, you pray word for word, but personalize that prayer and own that prayer. And pray to God those prayers that you come across. Letter E, is there an error to avoid? The question asked. Letter T, is there a truth to believe? Whether I like it or not, <laughs> you know? Is there a truth? I say, okay, that's a hard truth, and I need to download that truth in my mind. I let her ask, is there something to thank God for? There's something to thank God for. There's something to praise God as I read these verses. And, and again, when you read through uh, a lot of these books, uh, verses in the Bible, especially in the Psalms, you know, it, you can't help but to stop and thank God for who he is. It's something to praise God for and to thank him. Yeah, and then the last one is to use a pen. And so just a couple of things we wrote down for this is, you know, journal. What is it that God has revealed to you today through your quiet time? And journal it down. Because I know there's been so many times that I've, I've um, you know, the Lord has revealed something to me and it's, and it's very meaningful. And I thought, oh, I'll never forget that. And then I go to share with somebody and I'm like, you know, it, you forget it. So journal it, write it down. And then also write in your Bible. There's nothing wrong with highlighting, writing notes, um, you know, circling words, putting dates. You know, don't, don't, don't shy away from that because this is, when you, when you reach that on another time, then those notes are going to minister to you in another way. And so don't um, be afraid to use a pen, journal it, and write into your Bible. And so uh, meditation. Um, there's some other ideas on there. You can write down memorization. You know, it's not a fill in the blank, but memorization, memorize, you know, as you, as you reflect on that verse. So, so step one, I, I hope that in your quiet time, whether it's 15 minutes, one hour, two hours, however long, you open up with prayer. And then step two, you find ways to meditate. You know, reflect, at, you know, see what you're reading. Now dig deeper into what you're reading. And uh, use one of these things that we talk about. Maybe there's something else um, that, you know, we didn't mention. Um, uh, and I want to say before we do step three, we, we have a book out in the lobby um, called Bible Study Methods, 12 Ways You Can Unlock God's Words. And it's 12 different ways. This book is not meant to be read from cover to cover. But as you look at the 12 different methods, you say, you know what, I want, I want to read God's Word in a different way. And, and, and so pick up one of these books. We're selling it for $10. But listen, if you don't have 10 bucks, and you want this book, we're not going to, we're not, uh, we're going to let you have it, because I want you to help, you know, I want you to get help in reading God's Word and find fresh ways, you know, to read God's Word, and so this is available in the lobby after the service, I hope you grab that, so here's the third step, so important, as you get, dive into a quiet time with God, the third step is the application, got to apply God's Word, see, Satan doesn't mind if you read God's Word, he just hates it when you apply it. He just doesn't want you to apply it. He wants you to just go through the motion, check it off, and say, okay, you've done it, and, and do nothing with it. 
Satan does not want you to apply his word. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 17, he said, now that you know these things, now that you know God's word, you will be blessed if you do them. Notice I emphasize the word do, not know. You're not going to be blessed if you know them. You'll be blessed if you do it. John, uh, in James chapter 1, verse 22, uh, it said, do not merely just listen to the word. Don't just read it. And don't just be a hearer of the words. He said, do what it says. Be a doer. Be a doer of the word. And so application is when I take the, the truth of God's word and I apply it in my life in a way that's personal. I ask the question, what am I going to do with what I've just studied? What am I going to do with what I've just read? D.L. Moody, the evangelist, he said that the Bible wasn't given to increase our knowledge. The Bible was given to change our lives. That's why we have it. We're not here to just blow up our information database, you know, and, and, and get ready to play, you know, a trivia game about Bible knowledge. You know, that's not what it's for. We're, we're supposed to know the Bible, but we're actually to live by the Bible, to live by God's word, to live according to it. The Bible is not just given to us for head knowledge. And so as we wrap up your quiet time, uh, ask the question, what's my next step? You know, that's one of our mission statements, right? We do that every Sunday. Hey, what's your next step? What's your takeaway? Sometimes you'll see that. Hey, what's your takeaway from the, the message? But you should be asking yourself that every time you open God's word. God, as I read your word, you've already prayed. You've already asked God to open your eyes. God, I want to meet with you. And as you read and you meditate, God begins to reveal himself to you. And begin to ask you close and say, God, what's my next step? God, maybe there is a sin to confess. God, maybe there is something I need to be thankful for. Maybe I need to have an attitude adjustment. You know, and you start asking those questions and start to dive into God's word. What, what is my next step? And Satan, again, Satan's going to fight that area harder than anything else. He's going to say, don't apply the word. Just read it. Check it off. Get that badge on your Bible app, you know, and, and, and share it on Facebook and whatever. You know, just, just, just go through the motion. Just be an autopilot. But don't do anything with it. That's what Satan wants. Apply God's word. And so as we close today, Again, it's very easy, but what's the takeaway? And the takeaway is a couple of it. If you're not reading God's word, start reading. Start reading. And apply the three steps. Apply the three steps that we talk about. Pray, meditate, and apply. And if you are reading, maybe you say, God, maybe I'm just kind of going through autopilot mode. Maybe I'm just reading it just for reading sake. I'm just checking it out. But God, I want to go deeper. You know, I want, I want to study, I want to search the scriptures. Now, maybe it's one day a week where you say, you know what, I'm going to do more than just the 10, 15 minutes I do every day, but I want to, I want to take it for an hour. I want to really dive in. I really want to, I want to unplug from everything else in my life and only plug into you, and I want to meet you there. And in just a minute, I'll worship 
uh, that gonna come back up. Not the whole band, but Tom and Rachel and Peggy. And they're gonna come back up here, we're gonna sing. Uh, they're gonna sing, we're gonna reflect why they sing. And they're gonna talk about seeking God. And I pray that as we close out this service, that you begin to develop a desire of the heart. Say, God, I don't want to just meet you on Sunday. I want to, I want to meet you on Monday and throughout the whole week. One of the songs we sang before we came up here was Waymaker. We saying, God, you are here. You are, you are moving in our midst. You are working in this place. But you know, God didn't just work here. God is working at home, at work. We can worship God, not just on Sunday, but we worship God all throughout the week. God is working. What does that mean that God is working? God, God, God wants to transform your life. He really does. He want, God is willing to do the hard work, but you have to be willing to seek him and then meet him there. God, we thank you for your word, your living word. It's alive. It's a book that's been written for the last 6,000 years, and it's still alive today. It's still changing lives. And so, God, I pray that we don't treat the book as some ancient book that was written years and years ago, but we treat it as a book that is a, that changing our lives, that we will seek your face in a quiet time, and we will meet you there. God, the more that we seek you, the more that we love you. And so, God, I pray you help us. Maybe some of us here today, our next step is to start reading and start applying step one, two, and three. Maybe there are some of us, we're reading, but we've gotten, and we, we put our, we're just kind of going through the motions. God, I pray that we would apply these three important steps and start to seek you in our quiet time. In Jesus' name, amen.
So deep 